Now, what is God's greatest design? What do you think? So let us read the, the passage from the Word of God. First Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, okay? Uh, we'll not, uh, we will just read part of it, and then we, we try to see what God wants to uh, speak to us. Here, Paul said to Timothy, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all goodliness and dignity. Now, first of all, we see here that we talk about entreaties, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. What is this? To sum up in one word, it's prayer, isn't it? Okay, but what kind of prayer are we talking about here? Now, you see, usually when we think of prayer, we pray for ourselves, we pray for our spouse, we pray for our children, we pray for our family, we pray for our parents, we pray for our brother and sister, we pray for the church, we pray for <laughs> our colleagues, our friends, all those that we know, isn't it? Hopefully, right? <laughs> Do you pray for your colleagues? Okay, God knows. <laughs> okay, so that's all we pray usually. Those people that we know, but look here, that prayer be made on behalf of all men. Wow, all men. It's different. Different kind of prayer here. So what is it? What is it about that Paul wants us to pray on behalf of all men? In regard to what? Their salvation. Of course. This is clear. So clear. That they should be saved. He's talking about, you know, a prayer for their salvation. Or this is called the, the prayer of evangelism. Because how can people, you know, be saved if they don't hear the gospel of God, isn't it? Right? So, we see here, very clearly, okay, that this is a prayer of evangelism. It's for the salvation of all men. Now think of it. How often do we pray this kind of prayer? And do we feel the urgency? You see, again... If we feel urgent, the urgency in our heart, then we'll do it. But if it's not urgent, then, you know, I will do other things before, right? This one first, that one first, okay. My children first, my work first, my hobbies first, my, I mean my vacation, all things. Mine, 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 and then, you know, if we have time, then we pray, right? But notice here, what did Paul say? He said, I urge, I urge you. He said, that means it's urgent. I urge you. This is urgent. How urgent is that, brother and sister? Very, very urgent. But how, how, how much is very? Look at him. First of all, he said, you notice? I urge you, first of all, that. Not the first thing. Very urgent, but that is not... Precise enough, he say, first of all, this is first priorities. It's clear, right? I didn't invent it. <laughs> say that <laughs> in the Bible. Yeah, it's so urgent that Paul said to Timothy, and of course, by extension to the whole church of Ephesus, that where Timothy was pastoring at that time, and then by extension to all Christ's churches, 
right? All the questions that this is our first priority, the salvation of all men. And this prayer is an evangelistic prayer. Why it is so? Why it is so urgent and important and it's, it's first? Then uh, we can see the next slide. It's so clear here. It is say that this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desire all men, again, notice the word, all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It is God who desire that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. This is his desire. And it is say it is good and acceptable in the sight of God to do that, to have this kind of prayer and make it our priority. Wow. Hallelujah. And then, I will even venture out to say that that is God's greatest desire. And we'll see in the moment, that is really God's greatest desire, brother and sister. Now, take a look. Next slide. We just read. For there is one God and one mediator, also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Notice the word all again. All is what? What does it mean all? All mean all. You right. Wow, you're on the spot. Sorry, I don't have gifts for you guys <laughs> today. I should have brought some gifts. <laughs> okay, so for everyone, right? God desired that everyone, every man, woman, children, every human being to be saved because Jesus Christ himself gave himself as an ransom for all here. Just as I mentioned that this is God's desire, but more than that, that was his greatest desire. Because look, the desire, a desire always can remain a desire, right? We have a lot of desire. Do you have some goals, desires, right? But some of them just remain a desire. It never uh, actualize, uh, right? Realize, uh, what's the word? Realize. <laughs> I, I mix up between French and English. Okay, you know. Uh, Sometimes, you know, because we could not do it, it's over our capacity, right? Sometimes we miss the chance, so too bad. Oh, it's gone. Or sometimes it's too costly. Too costly. If I have to do that, it costs me too much. Too much. Now see how much God desired that all men to be saved. How? So much that even Christ himself had to give up himself as a ransom for all. Think of it. Think of it. And here we're talking about a ransom. Usually, what, what, what is the meaning of a ransom? I check in the dictionary. Ransom refers to the amount of money required for the release of someone who is imprisoned or taken hostage or being kidnapped. That's the general sense, you know. But he is not a ransom in money. Christ offered up himself as a sacrifice, as a ransom to die for us so that we can be released from the curse of sin. Not for us, for everyone, for all, all, brother and sister. Isn't it good, our God? Give him a hand, please. Give him a hand. Our God is so great. Praise the Lord. Think of it. So it shows how much God loves us. 
how much Christ loves us, that he was willing to lay down his life and offer up himself as a sacrifice in our place, isn't it? That is the meaning of ransom here, a substitute, huh? death. It's not just money or some precious uh, stone or jewel or properties. No, it's life, his precious life. God's life, this is unthinkable. God who is eternal, you know, then has to die. We are human beings, we don't understand this. Because, you know, anyway, we have to die. We are not eternal, we don't know. But this is unfathomable. But think of it more. Why I say that it's God's greatest design. Look here. Here, when it say that God, it refers to God the Father, isn't it? Because the verse 5 says it so clearly, for there's one God and one mediator also between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ and then God. Right? One mediator between man and God. So God the Father and Christ Jesus here. Mediator between man and God. So we are talking about God, that God desire. This is the Father's desire and the Father's will that Christ should die for us. So not only Christ was willing to die for us, we thank God for His love for us, but even the Father was, has already ordained this according to His will. And Christ say what? In the Garden of Gethsemane, He say what? Your will be done, isn't it? Not mine, but yours. So it shows that how much the Father loves us, brother and sister. How much He loves us. One very famous verse, right? John 3, 16. Can you all recite it? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but shall have eternal life. That's a wonderful verse. Every one of us, right? If you have become Christian, that's because of that, right? But that verse didn't tell us the whole story. It just said that God gave His Son to us so that we will not perish, have eternal life. It didn't say more than that. Now, first of all, think of it. Here, we have parents here, fathers, mothers, Parents, grandparents, even great-grandparents. <laughs> now, let me ask you one thing. Will you give your son in exchange of anything? Will you? The father, answer me. I want to hear the father first. No way. Exactly. What about the mothers? No way. Okay. So no, no way. Right? We are looking to give our son in exchange of anything, regardless. What is this? Our son is our hope. Our son is our strength. Our son is our life, our future, our joy. You know? And we do all these things is for them. We will not give our son in exchange of anything. But look what God did. He gave His Son to all of us. And even more than that, brother and sister, I say that, that verse alone didn't tell us the whole story. Let's look at the, the next slides, please. 
And actually, we see it here, but I want to look at the next time. What then shall we say to these things from Romans chapter 8? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his son, but deliver him over for us all. Deliver him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? This verse tells us more. How he gave his son. That he didn't even spare his own son, but deliver him over for us all, all of us. Not only us here, all, the word all. Amen. All men. All. All is all. Thank you. You just gave me that. You, you're right. You got it right. This is unthinkable. I always thought that I understood this verse until, until early this year, my son suddenly died of a cardiac arrest, arrest at home in my arms. He's, he was eight years old. I, I, I wouldn't go into the details. And uh, that was the fiercest battle in my life. The animal was trying to wipe me out once and for all. He almost succeeded if it was not by God's grace. I wouldn't be here today. I, I don't know, you know, if it's not by God's grace. But that part, okay, I keep for another message. So if you invite me again, <laughs> next time I share that part. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I mean it, okay? <laughs> now you laugh. I love it when you laugh. <laughs> okay, just relax. <laughs> yeah. But when my son stopped breathing, and then we call 911, I try to do CPR, and I ask them how to do it, and then the, the, uh, the firefighter, firefighter, and then the... the uh, Ambulance, ambulance came and they, uh, they brought him into the, the hospital, St. Justine. They tried to revive him, but uh, at last they couldn't. I was praying so hard that God, you revive him. I know you can. I believe, I claim, I claim every promise in the Bible. You say that. If you believe, you see the, 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 the glory of God. I was like Jacob, wrestling with God. No, I will not let you go until you bless me. No. At all costs, if possible, I want to bring him back to life. I will not allow him to die. This is unthinkable. I want him to be with me. He just died for himself. You know, he died because he had some sickness. And of course, they make a mistake in the medical procedure. Uh, but God gave his son for every one of us to die in our place. He has a choice. Jesus didn't have to die. God didn't have to let his son die. But because he desired so much that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of truth that he allowed this to happen. Isn't it amazing? This is foreign to our human thinking. This is Contrary to our human nature. No wonder God say my ways. My, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor your ways my ways. Right? As heaven are higher than above the earth. So are my ways to your ways. My thoughts to your thoughts. Amazing. 
God who did not spare his son but delivered him over for us all. Brother and sister, I just want to tell you that God loves us much, much more than we ever could imagine. Yeah. Trust him. Trust him and you will see. You see, even the Lord Jesus, when he first started his earthly ministry, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. There he met Simon Peter, Andrew his brother, and also James the son of Zebedee, John his brother. When he called them to be his disciple, what did he say to them? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Actually, Jesus is a fisher of men, isn't it? And then he said, follow me. I make you a fisher of men. Now, why, why Jesus has to come? We say it already, right? We, we are about to celebrate his birth, right? Christmas is to save us. Isn't it? Even his name, Jesus, Yeshua, God saved. God is our salvation. That's the whole purpose. And then he called his disciple, come, follow me, and be fishers of men too. I'll make you fishers of men. So to be the disciples of the Lord Jesus is to be fishers of men. Okay? You all agree? Okay, there's no catch. Don't worry. <laughs> okay? But then fast forward. Okay? Let's fast forward. Okay? Uh, we go to the end of the book of Matthew. Okay, just now it's in Matthew 4. Now it's Matthew 28. The Lord says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of what? All nations. Notice the word again. All. All the people of all the nations. That's amazing. See? That is his mission. And now he gave us to, to us that we are also, also to proclaim the gospel and to make disciples of all nations so that, you know, people can be saved and come to the knowledge of truth through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross as a ransom for all. Amazing. The word of God is so wonderful, so powerful. So again, this is a question that I asked you just now. We as Christians and disciples of Jesus, we are supposed to be fishers of men. We need to ask and examine ourselves whether we truly share God's desire or not. This desire of God. Right? You need to check it. Check yourself. Examine yourself. This is a challenge God would like me to put before all of you today. A challenge, also an invitation. Actually, this was the challenge that God put before me, you know, a few months back. Well, um, early this year, in March, uh, my son died in January. Okay, so two, two months afterward. In March, my sis elder sister mentioned to me that she was considering going to Togo for her third missionary trip. I said, wow, third one. Why Togo, you know? And then she asked me to pray for her, and I, of course I say sure. Actually, I felt that she would like me to join her. But in my heart, I already knew the answer. No, don't even mention about it. Good that she didn't mention. But anyway, I know that uh, I didn't want to go, then I'm not going anyway. First, I don't know anything about Togo. You know, of course, it's in Africa, but where is it? I don't know. Later on, I found out it's beside Ghana. Okay? Okay? 
But then, secondly, in Africa, if I go to Africa, why Togo? There's so many countries, right? Another reason. And then the third one, I say, my son just died not long ago, just two months ago. And my whole family was still grieving, and our lives were so shattered. And we were trying to pick up the broken pieces just to try to carry on. Actually, I felt like I was the one who needed to be comforted, healed, restored, strengthened, and being in such a miserable state. How could I bring any encouragement, comfort, healing, and hope to other people? So I had all the good reason to say no and to stay home, isn't it? Do you agree with me? Yes. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> but God has an amazing way to work in our hearts in a personal way or through other people. Actually, he was not upset with me at all. When I put forth my son as my strongest and seemingly invincible argument, can you guess what, what did God do to me? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe it. To my surprise, he didn't even argue with me. Amazing. And yet in his amazing grace and mercy and unfathomable wisdom, God has so gently used my argument to once again remind me of his sacrificial love. I'm talking about my son. God is talking about his son too. And he said, no, I didn't even spare my son for you. Not only for you, but for all. Even for the people in Togo who haven't come to know me, will you go? I was so convicted. I broke down in tears. Then I said, Lord, you know me now. Okay, if you think that I can be of any abuse for you, then here, I will go. Just lead me. So I make that decision for the Lord. And I never look back. I never regret. Because that experience, you know, turned out to be a life-transforming, you know, experience for me. Actually, it turned out to be really... Um, a life-transforming experience, not only for me, but also for my uh, elder sister and my, an, another brother of mine. We all went, and also to the people in Togo that we met. There are so many things that I want to share, but I want to share about one, one thing that I think is so important. That is the amazing intimacy that I had with God. Okay? Every day in Togo, God put me to tears. Every day. Through His love, goodness, and his presence, His reality. Amazing. It's not for me, but for the people. Yeah. As He shared His heart with me, I have to honestly admit that I have come to the Lord for more than 30 years and have been in a pastoral ministry and serving the Lord for about 25 years, but I never experienced God intimacy to that degree. Okay? We try to get a cell phone and then... Uh, data, but the internet is so bad. It didn't work, okay? Most of the time, if not all the time. But I was so amazed and in awe how quickly I could download God's instruction whenever I needed. 
And whenever I cry out to him, whoa, it's faster than the internet. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Give God to him. <laughs> this is amazing. God is amazing. Then when we go to share the gospel in the villages, okay? At first, I didn't know what to do. To be honest, I, I didn't do it here, you see? So I'm so bad. <laughs> I didn't know how to share it because, you know, I didn't. I, I was not trained. I didn't do it that way. Go in the street or to the village and then, much more, I didn't speak their language, so I have to listen and they do translation for me. By the way, Togo, they speak French. We here speak French, so if some of the youth or the adults speaking French want to go, contact me. <laughs> um, anyway, we try to uh, uh, share with the people. And, but then one day, I went to, can you show me the second uh, clip? That's interesting. Yeah. We're supposed to go to a village. There's sound there, so you will hear it. Very quiet. Very quiet. That's my sister with another local uh, pastor leader. Now she, she went into the house. Now you see what is in the house. Wow. Wow. Full house. And I was there. I was there. See, I was sitting at the right hand. <laughs> the, the pastor. I got a shock. We were supposed to go to evangelize. And then suddenly, the whole church was there. And outside, you couldn't see until you got into the house. And then he asked me, Pastor, I hope you have prepared something to share. And I was kind of frozen. <laughs> Maybe I tried to put up a smile, but even a smile is not, it's not too convincing. I was freaking out. Oh dear. No, I didn't prepare anything. Not even a message, whatever. Wow. And then, amazing. And then I say, Lord, of course I know. I have been preaching a lot of messages. I can choose a topic. But then I say, I don't know these people. I don't know their need. But Lord, you know everything about them. So why do you want me to preach? Tell me. Give me the verse. And amazing, that morning, again, this is amazing, I tell you, how God prepared. Okay? Usually, I, I, I forgot to bring that pocket Bible, very small, French one. Actually, because I'm not used to the French Bible, I always read the Bible in English or Vietnamese or Chinese, but rarely French. So this time, you know, I, I, I usually, the, the first two days when going out, I, I didn't bring my Bible. But this time, suddenly, we were out already waiting for people to come to pick us up. I, I was restless. I just went inside and took the Bible <laughs> and put it in my pocket. And now that Bible saved me because the verse that God gave me is in English. I don't know what is the French translation, you know. I can make up the translation. This is awkward, you know. We, we, we need to be more like, they, they need to hear the, the Bible in French. And then God told me the verse. Then suddenly he gave, he gave me such a brilliant memory. Like, wow, my memory is so good. I know exactly, I just turned and then, oh, that's it. 
So I read, oh, that's how it sounds in French. Okay, okay. Then I read it two times, and then when they call me, I, everything is ready. God was just like speaking. I didn't even think of how to say it. It's like God. It's not about me. It's about God. About the people there. This is amazing, brother and sister. This is one thing that I never experienced in my life, you know, because being pastor or the leaders of the church, many times we have to organize, right? We have to even foresee, you know, like the unexpected. Like plan A, if not plan B. Plan B, no, plan C, okay. If not even plan D. Well, we have to plan everything. Everything, and then we feel comfortable. But God showed me, no, this is your plan. This is not my plan. Many times, I tell you, in that mission trip, I look back when I was a layman, when I was a lay leader, and when I was a pastor, many times I really make that mistake without knowing it. I thought that I was doing the right thing. Yeah, I thought that I knew that what actually, that we knew a lot of things, brother and sister, right? You too, if you are in the leadership, you will know it. You know lots of things. And even if you are on the board, I don't know who are on the board, okay? So I'm not aiming at anyone. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm, I mean real. I'm serious. No, actually, sometimes the board will think that they know better than the pastor. Right? I'm here long enough. And you just come. Right? So we have all these kind of mentality. We plan everything. Then, okay, everything has to be like that. That's a good sign, but that's also the downfall. Because then we depend on ourselves. We depend on ourselves, our knowledge, our experience. And you will see it. You will try to do it, and then nothing really works. Maybe for a time but then it will go down. And then you pick up again, you go down, up, down. And somehow we are like, either we stay in one place or we, we are circling around. But this is amazing, that intimacy. God will tell you exactly what you have to say, what you have to do. This is amazing. Okay, show us the, the, the photo now. I want to show you some photos to prove that I was there. Well, of course, you saw it already, but uh, the next one. On the, on the, on, yeah, yeah, see, that's, that, that's my sister, okay, that's only a, a quarter of the, the congregation just now we saw, but outside you didn't see anything, okay, then again, this is the next one, another, this is another church, just like in the, the field, open field, uh, the next one, I was preaching and someone translating for me, you see, that's the church, <laughs> Like, like that. I didn't even know that that's a church. <laughs> oh, dear. But these people, they're so amazing. When they sing song, hymns, they memorize the song. They don't have to read. They don't have to have the lyrics. This is amazing. I was so touched by their devotion, you know. Okay, the next one, another church. Yeah, okay, we stop here. Okay, so actually, I got three surprises that on the spot I had to preach. And then God gave me three different messages. And I said, but the, the last one, I said, okay, tomorrow, Lord. Uh, tomorrow is the last day we're going to, to the village. 
And then I don't want to test the law. So I asked the, 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 the local leader, are we going just to the village or to the church in the village? He said that, yeah, we will visit the church. Ah, oh, okay. Then I say, okay, Lord, then now I know. Lord, what? I, then I asked the Lord to tell me right away the message. And again, he tell me right away for the, mess, for, for the people. Now, but this is a, something very unique. Uh, no, no, keep it, keep it that way. I, I want to tell you again one, one incident before this, okay? About exorcism, okay? My wife said, be careful, uh, be prepared that uh, maybe you have to uh, do ex exorcism <laughs> over there. Okay, I said, okay, I'm ready to do it because we already did it before. And then we went to a church. Then that sister came up and uh, after the, uh, the, the preaching, the, the service, then there was a line and she said that uh, she, she feel like disturbed. Like she's, uh, they're, they're, she feel like she's be, she, I, I, I just heard the translation. And at the end, they say they, they need to cast out demons from her. Okay, so we start praying. We started praying. And then so we pray. So I was praying. So someone pray and speak in their language. And I was praying, supporting, and ask God and pray. And then uh, the demon was cast out. Okay? And she was, before that, she was shaken. She was crying, yelling. And, and we tried to hold her. And then, ah, oh, and then, oh, out. And then she... She was calm. Uh, okay. And then we were kind of uh, uh, pray for her and ask her to pray. And then suddenly, it came back again. Actually, there's not only one demon. More than one. Okay, so then we cast it out again. Da -da -da -da. Okay, good. Everything good now. Okay, then we asked her to pray and things like that. And, uh, we pray for her, and then again, the third time. Oh, dear. And, you know, the line is long. <laughs> it was long. And uh, we were kind of more than 10 minutes with one sister. It's not because of time, but we look at the people, and we say, well, when is it going to end? And by the way, how can, that time I say to the Lord, Lord, how can we know that whether there's still demon or not? Right? That's the right question to ask. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to know the answer? Of course. I just asked the Lord, Lord, how could I know if there's still demon or not in her? I was praying to the Lord and asking him. And uh, those pastors were praying and casting out. So already three times. And then the Lord gave me instruction like that. Can you guess? <laughs> Take a guess. It's hard to guess. The Lord said, ask her to praise me. The demons, they are fearful of God, but they are blasphemous. They cannot praise God. They are not just able to praise God. They are against God. I didn't even think of it. Even at that time, but when say, God, ask her to praise me, praise me. And right away, I said to this pastor, now, okay, because they were so concerned, they kept on praying, praying, to just to make sure that, you know, all the demons are out. If not, we send her home and then the case gets worse, right? And then they asked her to praise. And then when she started to open her mouth and praise God, ah, oh, the atmosphere changed. The whole atmosphere changed. You can feel it. 
God knows the answer. I didn't know. The people, the pastor didn't know. And God said, hey, that's it. See? God is so good. So brilliant. This is amazing. Oh, let me talk about this. This is, we go to another village. And I was told that the chief of the village was anti-Christian. He's so like um, hostile to the Christian that he say, you know, one time, because there's a, there's, a part, there's a brother there who used to be a Muslim, but he, he, he believed in God uh, through the radio station, okay, Christian radio station. There, there, there's no electricity there. It's those portable radio with battery. And so uh, the, the, the local pastors and leaders, they, they used to take turns. They, they are going to visit him uh, almost every week, you know. So uh, then I say, okay, then those pastors used to also speak to the, uh, the, the, the chief of the village and then uh, try to uh, share the gospel with him. But he was so opposed, hostile to the gospel, you know, that uh, you know, he, 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 he make it so blunt that uh, when the, um, the pastor, the, the Togolese pastor asked you if they can build a church here or have a prayer for meeting, prayer, and so on. He said, no, not at all. Say why? Say all the lands are mine. All the lands are his. He's a chief. He can say well, he's like a king, right? Okay. So he say, oh, but then he added more. He said, but if the Muslim came and asked to build their mosque, I will let them do it. It's real confrontation, provocation, and hostility. You know, <laughs> blunt. So that uh, later on, I said, but. Uh, then he said that, the pastor said, I used to go to see him, but later on, I, I, I didn't go to see him anymore. Even when I went to visit the, 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 the brother, probably he didn't know. He said it to me. I said, no. You think you, you go to his village and he didn't know? You know, this is where. Now look at it. We, this is the, 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 whole, the house that the brother is saying. Uh, his name is Fong Day. And look at all the kids there and even the, the, the adults, the youth. You think that the chief huh, didn't know <laughs> when, when he came? Of course not. And if you came and you didn't let him know, he's even more suspicious, isn't it? Yeah. He's even more like hostile. Anyway, next slide, please. Nah, this is the brother. So we went there uh, because of one very... A small accident, you know, uh, something got into his eyes, and then, uh, but the, the, the medical system there is so, you know, poor, and uh, up, all the things that he's so poor, so later on he was blinded. This brother was blinded just because of that, you know, infection. So we went there. Uh, I learned so many things through this. First of all, I see the hearts of the, the pastor, local leaders, to care for one. Uh, one single brother in a village like that. It took us one and a half hour by car. I have another clip, but we don't have time to show you. But it's, the, the road is really uh, bad. There's no, there's no uh, lane. Not even the, the dividing, uh, dividing uh, yellow line. No, nothing. And uh, that, is, uh, that is highway. If you go <laughs> in the village, those, uh, you need to have those... Uh, SUVs. So we went there. That I really touched by their love. But when we were there, 
God say to me, go to see the chief. We, <laughs> and then uh, I, couldn't st- I couldn't sit still. I said, okay, I want to go to see the chief. Okay, okay. I said to the Lord, okay, wait. But then I was like burning inside. Something kept me, I couldn't sit anymore. I, I turned around and said to my sister, God said to me that to go to see the chief. What do you say? She said, I got the same feeling. <laughs> she couldn't sit still. <laughs> so we, at least we tried to take a picture. But I, I, I asked the, the local pastor, I said, we want to see the chief. Can, can you bring us to the chief? Because we don't know where's the chief. He said, wait, wait, we have to visit the brother. We have to, you know, talk to him. Things like, okay, okay, we wait, wait. And later on, a few, like five minutes, can we see the chief? No, wait. Can we see the chief now? Later on, you know, he gave up, you know, so he, <laughs> he gave in. So he let us go to see the chief. And the chief made us wait at least for 15 minutes. Next, next slide. You see the chief there? Uh, you know, at the end. We are like sitting all around like, you know, officers and he's the king. <laughs> or he's the commander. Yeah. And then they started to take turns to like greet him and speak in their dialects. And I was sitting there. I turned to the, the top leader of the group. I say, when can I speak to the chief? He say, wait, wait. A few minutes later, I say, when can I speak to the chief? He say, wait, please, be patient. I feel bad. You know, it's like I'm not patient, but it's not because of me. But God, God wants me to speak to the chief. And God gave me two words. Respect and appreciation. I say, you, I want you to show respect to the ship and show appreciation to the ship. He already told me when I was in the the house of that brother, I already knew exactly what I need to say before I see the ship. This is amazing, brother and sister. How the Lord... Reveal his heart to us. And then, but, but that, that one said, wait, wait. I say, oh, later on. I say, why did he hesitate so much? I was asking God. I was asking myself, but like, you know, God gave me the answer right away. He thought you are going to preach. <laughs> oh! And then I turned to the pastor right away. Don't worry. I'm not going to say one word about the gospel. Don't worry. <laughs> because, the, you know, he thought that I didn't know that the chief was so hostile. So if I uh, share the gospel, that will backfire the whole thing. I said, no, no, nothing of this, this kind. Okay. Then he let me speak. <laughs> Only then he let me speak. Then I start to speak to the ship. Remember I say that we have to pray for all those, even, you know, king and all those in authority. Show respect to them. Wow, I show respect. I say, I'm so honored that we come here that he receive us. I really show, really genuinely, sincerely with God's love in my heart because God showed me that he also, God want him to be saved, remember? He want all men to be saved, even this chief. And the amazing thing in those villages, if the chief comes to the Lord, Almost the whole village will come to the Lord. This is a wonderful strategy, but also a danger. 
if the Muslim came before the Christian and convert the chief, and they will stay Muslim. This is a fierce battle, spiritual battle. It's not about religion. It's a spiritual battle, isn't it? So anyway, I showed the chip respect, and then I said, how should I show appreciation? I just say, I said to the chip, okay, I just make it short, like, I just round up, summarize what I said to him. I said, you know, being a chief is a very difficult task. You have to take care of the whole village. That's a lot of work. So I want to show your appreciation for all that you have done for the vi your village, your people here. Okay. Amazing. You see, God tells us exactly. I'm not, I'm not playing psychology, brother and sister. Actually, if, let's say, that chip is a good chip, then, you know, this is due, right? This appreciation is due. Yeah, he, he, we should appreciate him. But let's say if he's not that good, he's a lazy one, and he's not, you know, he's a bad one, then let these words, God use this word to, to work and prone his conscience, right? And maybe he will repent, he will change. Either way, that would be only good result of it. And after showing respect and appreciation, I said to him, I want, uh, we are Christian, uh, so uh, we pray that God will give you know, harmony and peace in the village, you know, in every uh, family, in your family, in uh, all your, you know, your people's family and so on. So we have a song that we want to sing. Uh, can we sing the song to bless you? I choose song one, uh, Psalm 133, how pleasant and good for brothers to dwell in unity. En français, à qui les doux pour les frères de demeurer ensemble. And then we sang. And now look at it. Uh, next slide. Yeah, we start to sing and dance. And look at him. If you can see, he's smiling now. He's smiling, really. He was not friendly at all at first. So God said to me, no, pre don't preach the gospel. Just build the bridge and work on the soil. Before you can sow the seed, you can have to work on the soil. So that's what I did. Exactly. No preaching at all. And then on our way back, I turned to one pastor that I felt that he, he got it. I say, next time if you ever come to the visit, or any of you, please, first of all, first of all, go to greet the chief. And then, after that, go to see the brother. That's the right order. Amazing, right? God is good. Okay. So this is my sharing. And uh, I just want to tell you that, as you say, this intimacy with God actually is for every one of us. And this is God's invitation that we share his heart. And when we share his heart, then he will reveal his heart to us. And when we come to think of it, do we see and feel the same urgency or even more urgency that we need to alert them and tell them of the danger ahead and to do all that we can to snatch them out of this eternal perdition? Do we? Do we see it? Do we feel the urgency? 
I really want us to pause and seriously ponder this question for a moment. You don't have to answer me. <laughs> you know, let God check it. Man. And you think about it. Now, if we do not feel the urgency, then what does it tell us? There, there's a problem in our spiritual life. Not a small one, a big one. And actually, there's a big problem in our relationship with God. Maybe somehow we are disconnected with God, even without our awareness. Therefore, we do not share His concern. We do not share His heart. We do not share His desire. So I hope that, uh, I pray that God uh, will touch your heart yeah, through His love, through His word, and then you will open your heart to God and embrace this challenge that God set before you today and uh, so that you can share his heart and come into a very uh, intimate relationship with him. God bless you all.